1: what's up everyone how you guys and gals doing welcome to the show this is your morning biker news what's happening in the scene today wow they have the outlaws and the loners under a microscope after all this stuff that happened up there in Cornwall. We're talking that shooting and then the burning down of the outlaws MC clubhouse. There is warrants all over the place. They're searching everywhere. Cops are being busybodies. Man, I couldn't believe it, man. This is all over the news still. Still, also coming up right now, we have a great story. Uh, Last night on uh, the Hollywood and Mike show, we brought on a family whose baby is in hospice right now. Lily, uh, you can uh, go check out that video. It's called Biker's that go the extra mile for uh, everything. I got to get the title. I'll put it in the description box with the GoFundMe link. And uh, we're trying to help that family out there. So if you can go over there and donate whatever you can, it would be appreciated. But the Guardian Riders, they were one of uh, the fundraisers that they've done and the Guardian Riders are out there helping everybody, and they helped again. Let's check it out. Guardian Riders surprised the family of two children who were burned in an accident back on July 4th. Leaders from the motorcycle club say they strive to provide support to local families going through tough times. The group collected donations during Sunday's ride, which were ultimately used to bring the children multiple surprises.
2: It's a labor of love. It's uh, to see you know, 75 big old
1: tattooed beardy bikers with tears in their eyes. But, you know, half of these guys cried all the way over here. But if you don't, if you don't tear up, if you don't feel some emotion for these kids and what these little heroes are going through, then this club isn't for you. And the bikers dressed up as several characters like Batman and Spider-Man and the Guardian Riders say all donations that they collected are given directly to the families that they help. That is truly awesome right there. Like I said, Nitro was on the program, I think it was like uh, two weeks ago, and the stories that he was able to tell about what his uh, people were doing, uh, how the news media were actually reacting to what the club was doing. Is just unbelievable, that organization and how they are going about helping their local community. Now, let's go to our next one right here. Some more good stuff, and that is a local motorcycle club, Rides for Girl with Cancer. This one out of Fox 8. Uh, Let me make sure it's working there. There it is. Going on out of Ohio, a local nonprofit motorcycle club made up of members of law enforcement went on a ride to raise for uh, money for a 10 year old girl being treated for brain cancer and spine cancer. The riders made several stops along the way to collect donation for uh, what is it Breeland Elkins on her birthday Sunday. Now, the group is called Sworn Justice had more than 100 riders take place in the fundraiser. They rode from Hydrant Pub and Grub in uh, Barra all the way to the Tavern of Independence in Brexville. A vet organizer said all the money raised goes to Briandlin and her grandmother to help with her medical needs, quote, From the bottom of my heart, I want to thank Sworn Justice and Tavern of Independence for the pouring out of help for my granddaughter, Sydney Elkins, right there. If you want to learn about the organization, uh, you can go look at that elsewhere. I'm not going to show that one. Uh, Going to another one right here, 16th annual Bikers for Tatas, baby. They were raising money for breast cancer. If you don't know the Tatas, uh, 16th annual, it's something else. I actually missed it this year, but it is a fun time for a good cause. Bartonville, Illinois, hundreds of bikers raised money for breast cancer. It was this past Saturday The 16th annual Bikers for Tatas at the American Legion in Bartonville raised more than 10 G's. More than 500 bikers signed up for the 125-mile ride throughout Central Illinois. Caroline Booth and her daughter Rachel come out every year to raise money. She goes on the quote, It's very important to have these kind of things here in Central Illinois. Like I said... The money stays here locally, said Caroline. We donated to several of the local hospitals and to a couple of organizations, so it helps a lot of patients and a lot of men and women who need assistance. Rock and roll, man, right there to 16th annual Bikers for Tatas, baby. Now, we're going to go to an interesting one right here. And I think I'm going to do a separate video on this one probably later on this week because I just couldn't believe the audacity of this CEO. Either that or it's the Detroit Free Press's headline on this one. But really think about this when I read it here. How Harley Davidson CEO plans on making the company's motorcycles a premium brand. It already is. The prices are out the roof, man. Come on. Uh, Joaquin Zeitz took the home at Harley Davidson in an especially difficult time. Uh, It was early 2020. You know what? This is a lie right here and the company was in trouble. Bike sales had fallen for years. The product lineup lacked focus, and growth strategy hadn't produced results. Early 2020 is the COVID stuff. Everybody was out there buying motorcycles and campers. They had a great year that year. Then things got even worse. A month after, uh, Zeke was named the interim chief executive, replacing Matt It's Harley suspended production at its U.S. V- factories after a Wisconsin employee tested positive for Corona. <laughs> the company's global supply chain was broken by the pandemic and material costs soared. Bikes couldn't be built until essential computer chips arrived from Asia. I don't know where the hell this came from, man. What I remember, everybody was freaking riding. Uh, Zitz was in crisis mode. Quote, we didn't know when the factory would be opening again. We had to find a couple of billion dollars to make sure that things could stay afloat. He said to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and this is the shoe salesman, as I always say, because he was an except for Puma, and then came the Harley, and it's like, do you even know how to ride? You know, look at how he's posing on that motorcycle right there. Uh, let's so, oh, but the company, which celebrates its 120th, and it already had uh, weathered historic times such as the Great Depression, World War II, and the financial crisis. And he uh, launched a turnaround plan. I think it was called The Restart or some crap like that. But uh, we're going to go into a separate video of this one. Uh, Yeah, premium brand, boneheads. Anyway, CBC here. And this is what I was talking about uh, earlier this show. Police search six locations after biker fight clubhouse fire. And I do know besides this article, they have a lot of articles about the search warrants going out. Uh, Organized crime has exploited the Cronwall area for a very long time. So says the police chief. A cadre of police agencies searched five locations in Cornwall, Ontario, another in Brockville, uh, last Friday morning, after a, here we go with the biker gang crap. Uh, violence erupted in the former community and the large and suspicious fire destroyed a motorcycle clubhouse in the latter city less than 36 hours later. And then, in the wake of the searches and the earlier arrest of five people charged in Cornwall Fight one of the police forces involved is now teasing the release of more details about the investigation. All of the arrests and charges will be shared earlier next week. Meanwhile, OPP said in a news release about the searches that further updates will be provided when available. And then it goes on to say a hectic weekend. It gives uh, the whole rundown uh, right there. Uh, And I guess they we're freaking talking to the city council, these cops. Uh, it's a well-oiled machine. The situation could have been worse. And let's go with skim here. Uh, you know what's really going on is they're pissed about this clubhouse fire because there was $4 million worth of damages to the area. Uh, it was a lot about heat dam- uh, damage. One house was a complete loss. And, uh, yeah. Now, homes searched on a largely residential street, Uh, OPP, the Cornwall and Brockville Police Departments, and police members from Kingston and Ottawa searched five homes in Cornwall and one undescribed location in Brockville. And the searches in Cornwall, I guess, were a byproduct of the shooting investigation, while OPP said the searches were related to ongoing investigation in these two communities. So, yeah, they are going to, uh, you know... They know what's up with the clubhouse fire. And then, the and this was what's funny, and we covered that. They released about the searches warned people not to approach outlaw motorcycle gang members known in criminal activities. And then I did a video a day later where they said, you know, it's fine. Nothing wrong. No problems for the public at large. They can't make up their minds and then they uh, noted an uptick in uh what they call biker gang presence you know but that goes over the whole story right there uh unbelievable stuff unbelievable stuff anyway we're gonna go to the second half of the show with china Dow right now we're gonna be talking about why do women let themselves go? You ever in that position where, you know, you first get together, she's smoking hot. And then three months later, she's in sweats. Yes, we're going to be talking about that. And I guarantee you, Hollywood's going to get into a bunch of crap again. I'm always in the doghouse with her. I swear to God, after every show, it's like living in hell around here. But we'll be right back after this. bill
0: is an in-depth look at the trials and tribulations of street gang and motorcycle club life. This isn't the run-of-the-mill book that doesn't give the goods. This book will go into detail of events that actually happen. All materials in this book have been approved by those involved. There is nothing poetic, nor is there any price worth paying for the life we choose to live on the streets. James Hollywood Machikari, Brotherhood and Betrayal
1: Introducing the all new service from Insane Throttle
2: Motorcycle Madhouse
1: Radio. 24-7 and nothing but the best and 80s still today. and metal, baby. And here's an added bonus. You can now listen to Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Show with Hollywood and China now live on the air. Go to MotorcycleMadhouse.com. And bookmark the radio station and get down with the King of Biker Radio.
2: Hey kid, do I have your attention? I know the way you've been living. I've so reckless, tragedy, endless. Welcome to the family. Hey! Missing Only time will alter your vision Never in question Lethal injection Welcome to the family Not long ago too early. Welcome to the family. Hey, why won't you listen? Can't help the people you're missing. It's been done, a casualty rerun. Welcome to the family. I'm trying to help you with the things that can't be justified. I need to warn you. Fight. In a way it seems there's no one to call When our thoughts are numb and our feelings unsure
1: yeah what's up everyone how you guys and gals doing it's monday baby or no it ain't monday it's wednesday where the fuck am i this morning
3: i i, I don't know i was gonna ask you the same thing <laughs> you threw me off with your morning show too
1: i'm telling you man i don't know what the hell's wrong with me today
3: <laughs> you still sleeping?
1: i'm still sleeping. You still seep
3: in. Ladies and gentlemen.
1: I think that's what I'm meeting here. ages. <laughs> Welcome to Sony. Yeah, it's a damn circus in here today, man. Hollywood's getting the days mixed up. Anyway, we're going to be talking about 12 habits of parents who raise, resi- what is that? Resilient children? Yeah. I think that was all us in the uh, Generation X, man. We were called the Lock Key generation because, hey, our parents had to work. So we were by ourselves, taking care of ourselves, taking care of our brothers and
3: sisters. And you do know that when we we were, were resilient, right? Well, yeah. But when we were little, like young, like probably under the age of like maybe seven or eight, there were no microwaves.
1: No, there wasn't. (laughs) And by the way, uh, hopefully by uh, next week, me and Mike Ball will have everything worked out. He's going to be taking over the Insane Wheels channel. It's going to become the Mike Ball channel, I guess. And it's going to be his for all his hard work and stuff like that. He really kicked ass. I just got to figure out how to work it that way. how to get it off of me and put it into him. What do you think about that? I think Mikey deserves it.
3: Yeah, yeah he does. You think so? <laughs> I think.
1: So be on the lookout. Uh, make sure you go over there and subscribe to that channel. There's a lot of you that already have. Uh, but uh, Mike puts out some good content. Uh, you know, the Monday uh, Hollywood and uh, Peg Lake show is uh doing good he's got a lot of good guests coming up like that and shit like that so uh i'm getting excited man mike's really getting into the creator sphere he's getting off the of instagram
3: what no he won't he ain't
1: getting off of it but uh
3: <laughs> he's getting I, off on it what?
1: i don't know man you know i wonder about him sometimes i wonder if he massages his leg white you know masturbates or something if that helps him out Ew. I'm just asking, man. (laughs) You know, there's some weirdos out there. For a friend. Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Inquiring minds wanted to know. It was an email, maybe. I don't know. Could have happened. Could have happened.
1: So he'll be starting off with about 6K subs, and uh, we've really got to show support because Mike is a really good human being, man. Uh, But uh, anyway, anyway, let's talk about this. Uh, Why do you think Generation X was so resilient? Is it because we had to take care of ourselves?
3: I think a lot of it has to do with that. But, I mean, I guess you can also say lead by example.
1: Lead by example. Yep. You know what's funny? What Mike just put in there, uh, he gets uh, things about uh, getting cash to do stuff with his legs. Maybe he needs to do OnlyFans.
3: I think he should bring in some money there boy
1: he'll he'll get some fat porkers
3: on there but hey (laughs) you know maybe people have sexual habits with one-legged people do you think that do it do it it's a fetish thing I bet you right do it
1: do you think that what we did as younger could happen today I don't think so no I don't Uh think kids are resilient like we were I think they're a bunch no. of baby uh, goo gagas,
3: and it's funny because parent both parents work in most households now, you know, and it's uh, and the kids are just stupid.
1: Well, they are stupid. What's even <laughs> funnier is we only had Atari to keep us freaking uh, busy—one <laughs> joystick and a button. Yeah. These kids have you know like virtual reality type of shit going on, and they're still stupid, and they can't keep freaking busy.
3: Yeah, they get they have way more as far as electronics goes. I mean, we didn't even have computers. And you know what's funny? Help. Them
1: th- These dumbass kids have probably uh, opened the door for anybody that knocks, where we said, yeah, go fuck yourself. You ain't not coming in shit.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody's at the door. Let's go see. Right? <laughs> Nowadays, it's like I know when I was growing up, and if it was like nighttime, you know, after dinner, my dad would always have to be the one that answered the door. He wouldn't let us answer the door.
1: But we have to ask ourselves, why are they so stupid today? And even though we were resilient Generation X, we raised some stupid-ass kids. Mm. Come on, you can't say we didn't.
3: Well, I mean, ours are some that bad.
1: <laughs> we raised some weak-ass kids. And I think it's because... We were alone all the time and, you know, a lot of time we didn't have a lot of stuff growing up. So we wanted to give our kids everything. And look what happened. We fucked up. You know, we should have been like the boomers raising us where they kicked the shit out of us. (laughs) <laughs> but not us.
3: You can't do that anymore. Oh, you, I don't want to hear no. that excuse.
1: You can knock the shit out of a kid.
3: Well, you can. And if it's you, you got there, and because... if there was
1: respect, then, oh, you're going to call the cops. Shut the fuck up. I'm going to knock you out again. But we didn't do that.
3: No. no.
1: You know, when I, uh, that's just like me. And I talked about this before. I got this shoe thing. Okay. I do. I got a shoe thing every month. I'll buy a new pair of fucking shoes and just let them sit. And that's because I wasn't like you who had a silver spoon. I was broke ass white boy growing up. And now I just go get whatever I want that I couldn't get. You know, I'm a big Adidas and British Knights fan. You know where, you know, silver spoon like you, you got what you wanted. You were probably wearing IOUs and gas jeans. Am I right or wrong?
3: Yep. Cavalry cheese.
1: <laughs> Where somebody like me couldn't wear that shit. You know, jeans and t-shirts is all I had. You know, typical greaser kid. What was it like getting anything, everything you wanted? Hell, you even got a car bought for you. How many cars? couple. Where me, I had to work my ass off at 4 25 an hour to uh, afford Three. to get a fucking uh, Ford Ranger for my first one.
3: I had two. Two bought for me and one given to me.
1: So what's that saying? You don't appreciate it?
3: I appreciate it. As much it. as somebody would
1: have to work for I
3: appreciated for everything that my dad did for me when I was growing up.
1: Well, that's cool you know. But did you actually appreciate
3: it? Definitely. Why would I not?
1: You're bullshit.
3: What do you mean I'm bullshit? Because,
1: you know, something went wrong with it. Hey, Dad, can I have a new car?
3: No, if something went wrong with my car, it would get repaired. I wouldn't ask for a new one.
1: But did you pay for the repairs?
3: No. No, I didn't.
1: So now do you blame me with my shoe deal? Because I didn't get to have that kind of shit. You got to have cheese and all that bullshit. (laughs) So you can't sit here and say you're a dick. I didn't. Oh, yeah, you did. You bash on me having all kinds of shoes now.
3: No, I just trip over them all.
1: No, they're in my room.
3: Yeah, when I was down there trying to put the sheet on your bed, (laughs) I tripped over three pairs of shoes.
1: Well, that's your fucking problem for not looking down.
3: Wow.
1: So the resiliency of these kids, let's go back to that.
3: Well, one of the things you got to do is you got to lead by example. The best way to teach resilience is by showing, not merely telling. Showing. parents. You know
1: what? That's one thing that the baby boomers did show us. That they had to work, put food on the table, and they did that. You know, your dad did that. My mother did that. Can't say that about your mother because she, you know, sat on her ass every day. And didn't have to work.
3: No, nah, she watched her shows all day.
1: But there was a lot of people's parents that had to bust their ass and all that good shit just to get by. Yes or no?
3: Yeah, definitely, a hundred percent.
1: What about your friends?
3: My friends, a lot. Their family had to work, right? Yeah. I mean, I had I had a good amount of friends whose dad worked and mom stayed home or both parents worked. So I had seen from other perspectives.
1: How do you think you were made resilient or are you?
3: I don't know. Am I? <laughs>
1: you work hard.
3: Yeah, I bust ass every day. I I go to work every day. Injured, sick. <laughs> Uh I I do what I got to do. Got to get the bills paid.
1: Well, yeah, you got to get bills paid. But there's a lot of other ones out there now that are like, I can't do it. Mommy, can you help me? Daddy, can you help me? They don't know how to get off their ass and do their thing.
3: No, a lot of them don't even want to. They have no inkling about it. They have no desire to do it. Because they think mommy and daddy are just going to pay for them the rest of their lives.
1: And we let that happen. And mostly it's the mommies that uh, don't have the balls to say anything, is it?
3: Oh, where are you going with this?
1: (laughs) Always about you.
3: I know. Well, you know, normally you say it's about you. So,
1: (laughs) Well, well, that of uh, course. You know what was funny? I went to bike night last night and shit. All the fucking people that came up, I'm telling you. It must suck to be you. We're going to be live. Oh. We're going to be live at the Midwest Chopper Show this weekend. Uh, I think we're going to start the uh, the live stream around two or three. And we're going to go a couple hours with uh, the live remote. It's going to be a fun time. you looking forward to it. Ain't it our anniversary or something?
3: Saturday, yeah.
1: Saturday is the anniversary.
3: Our wedding anniversary. I can't
1: believe yeah. we've been uh, together this long and I haven't punched you in the mouth uh (laughs) yeah well i think you do deserve it most of the time even though you get upset with me yesterday she gave me all kinds of hell i'm sorry all kinds of hell it's like every time we get off the air it's like (laughs) hollywood's in the doghouse it sucks
3: what house were you living in
1: I don't know, man. I didn't, gonna... give,
3: I didn't give you any hell yesterday.
1: You always give me hell.
3: I didn't give but, you any hell. Uh, but anyway,
1: uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, rage, I'm just going to force my kids to binge watch Morse, or Madhouse radio videos. And then if they misbehave, I will threaten them with Uncle Hollywood and Aunt China. Now come
3: the babysit.
1: <laughs> man, the new swear words that they would learn.
3: Boy, they learn a lot.
1: A lot of dark humor. You know, and it's like we shelter our kids from that kind of stuff now. You know, I was, you know, I love Eddie Murphy. Okay. Love Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And you know how he was and Delirious and Raw. Yeah. And I just found a newspaper article that was from 2019 where he renounced all his jokes. I was like, what the hell's wrong with you, man? You like sold out. He's a sellout. If you're a comedian, why the hell are you apologizing for jokes? This was in 1981 or something. Faggots weren't, uh, you know, on the high priority list like they are now. Cigarettes. Whatever. And bringing that up uh, before we go anywhere. Uh, do you believe women should be in or men should be in women's sports?
3: How many times we got to go over? That I'm one?
1: just asking real quick. No. no, right? No. And then you had that Leah Tom's, Tom, what is it, Thomas? I don't know. Who was a dude that uh, was taking all the medals from the women. And he, the liberals put him up on a pedestal and shit like that. Well, guess what, everybody? Right here, coming right there. What's that say on that shirt? It antifa super soldier
3: what the hell
1: this is the dude that wanted to be a woman compete in swimming that everybody put on a pedestal antifa how's that make you feel
3: uh confused (laughs) probably like as much as that person is
1: all radical right that's what we live in now radical shit and that's why it's so important for kids to be resilient is to face that kind of shit to know what's right and what's wrong they don't know what's right and wrong anymore because they look up to stuff like that or it You're kind of surprised here.
3: Confused.
1: Why are you such confused?
3: On why that person would wear that shirt.
1: Especially after all the press it got and everything.
3: Oh, between the press that that person got, not to mention Antifa. I mean, that's two separate worlds. Well, (laughs) uh, obviously it's not. I guess not.
1: And that was one of the first uh, things that uh, got everybody in an uproar about uh, this women's sports stuff. That's why I asked that question.
3: You think women should play in men's sports?
1: No. You imagine a woman going up against a Mike Tyson in a boxing match?
3: Well, I'm talking about like. No, that's a sport. I, okay, never mind then.
1: No, no, don't, never mind. What we were you saying?
3: Never mind. What were you saying? Well, like I know in some of the high schools in the area, uh, like some some girls play football. Like I know. uh, No, one of the high schools in the area a couple years back had a female tackle.
1: I don't believe she should be in there with the men playing football. And you know
3: who I'm talking about. Yeah. And then I know one of the other high schools in the area had a female kicker.
1: You know, a female kicker is different than putting a female on the line. How? Because she's going to get her ass whooped.
3: I'm talking about as far as the female kicker. How's that different?
1: Because she's really not in that much danger where if you're putting a woman on the, uh, say an offensive line, you got some big motherfuckers coming at her that it's going to crush her ass.
3: Yeah, but the one girl that I'm speaking about, she was...
1: Don't matter. She's she still was very at a, manly. Don't matter if they're manly or not. Eventually, if you're getting into varsity league type of uh, situations, you're going to have some big boys hitting at them. So do you believe women should be in sports?
3: Yeah, in women's sports.
1: Okay, women's sports, but what about men?
3: I personally don't think so. I mean, I would have loved to have been kicker on the football team when I was growing up, but <laughs> my dad said no. Girl,
1: you know, girls
3: don't play in uh, boys' sports. Maybe you know
1: said. what? That's a tr- that's a tricky uh, question because football, no, definitely not hockey.
3: Okay, but if you think about it, when baseball, what- maybe when kids are young uh like i know when when kids are young they do like when i coached our granddaughter soccer team it was boys and girls on one team
1: okay what i'm talking about is the contact sports
3: okay but uh, oh like soccer doesn't have contact come on no yeah it does
1: soccer is a pussy sport You know, when I'm talking a sport, I'm talking like baseball, hockey, football.
3: You're going to knock soccer. You got issues?
1: (laughs) Come on, man. It's like you kick a ball all the way back and forth. It's just like basketball. It's the stupidest sport around. Basketball sucks. Besides, white man can't jump.
3: We're not speaking today. Knocking. Uh. My, my sport.
1: It's a sport for girls.
3: And boys and girls play on the same team in soccer when they're young.
1: Okay, that's good. But you shouldn't put a girl uh, in a boy's sport like football. Or hockey. Now, baseball, yeah, I think they can play baseball. Because it's really not a contact sport.
3: Yeah, but. In all the years we've been alive, I don't think I've ever heard of a woman trying to play on baseball.
1: Well, there's been that some that's tried. They just can't make the show. Majors.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I ain't never heard about no woman playing baseball.
1: That's like uh, Danica Patrick, man. You know, before she got into NASCAR, she sucked at NASCAR, but open wheel race. And yeah.
3: Well, now there's a bunch of women racing. I mean, not probably, that's not, good thing. Not, not probably as much in NASCAR as it is like the smaller venues.
1: Well, that's good and stuff like that. But I'm not knocking women being into men's sports. But there's certain, certain ones I don't believe they should be in. Because they'll get hurt. That's just like one of these it's trying to be in women's sports and say, well, you talked about the UFC, what they did to that woman.
3: Oh, the transgender? What they did to the woman? I say it now. What what they did to the woman? Yeah, that was bad. That was brutal.
1: (laughs) Dot, you're going to piss her off, baby. (laughs) Soccer is a participation trophy sport.
3: (laughs) Not when I was growing up, it wasn't.
1: Uh (laughs) uh-oh, you're in a business trying to (laughs) dial off.
3: And the sad thing is, is it is now, but when I was growing up and when I was playing soccer, even at a young age, it was, you got first, second, and third place. There was no participation trophies. You had to fight to get that trophy.
1: The only thing that sucks is in the rest of the world, uh, soccer is popular. It's like the popular sport and they call it football. What the hell are you doing taking our words, jackasses? That ain't football. You know, there's that Australian one. Uh, what the hell is it called? Where they use the football, they beat the shit out of each other. Rugby? Ru- I don't. Is it rugby? I don't know. I don't know, but they kick the shit out of each other. That's a cool-ass sport right there. They don't have any uh, pads on, no helmets. They just go out there and beat the shit out of I each other.
3: Maybe talking about rugby? I don't know. I don't know. I uh, so. If
1: anybody knows what I'm talking about, they actually use a football, and they kick the damn thing. Everybody runs and beats the shit out of each other. I think it's rugby. And Yeah, the other, Mike says it's
3: rugby. See, I'm right. Ah, I know then my there's sports. that
1: cricket shit. It's like, dude, what's the point of you trying to steal our baseball, man?
3: Or knock over the wooden pegs. Right. It's like, I I don't understand the concept of that playing baseball with like a, uh, what is that? A paddle? That's yeah, that's cricket. (laughs) The hell? What is that? Oh my God, man. Oh my God. Just like, did you know, ping pong's a sport now?
1: (laughs) Forrest Gump probably made that freaking pop. You ever see them Chinese zip heads? They freaking uh, using that damn uh, ping pong shit.
3: Well, it's in the Olympics now, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is it? I don't know, baby. I mean, that's just, that's just weird. That's just weird.
1: It is. It is.
3: Sad state.
1: I think, you know, the it's are a result of no self-esteem. That's why they have to go against women. You have to agree with me on that.
3: Well, they couldn't make it in a man sport. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> so there is 12 habits here. Yeah. What's our first one?
3: I gave you that one.
1: Well, how many did we get?
3: I gave you one. Okay, let's go to you two. Jump talking, jumped off topic.
1: Okay, let's go to two.
3: Uh, they make their children feel safe and supported. Trauma and hardships can make some some children tough but of course you wouldn't want to give your children scars so they toughen up
1: actually uh baseball rich i think started in the early 1800s but you're probably right cricket because them english people who wear the freaking you know the powdery freaking wigs and shit i don't know but go ahead
3: if you want to raise them well you make sure that they feel extra safe and protected that's why pill Parents who raise resilient children create a soft cushion for their children to land on if they fall.
1: Do you think that backfired?
3: I think it backfired. I really do. Because I think, you know, they can't make their rent and their parents are going to pay their rent. Well, you might as well just have them move back home. Basically, you're making making it too easy. We were raised tough. I understand once in a while helping your kid out because, you know, maybe they had to miss work due to being sick or whatever. And you help them out, you know, get them some groceries, whatever. I get it. I get it. But don't pay all their bills for them. You know, they got to toughen up and they got to be able to pay their own.
1: What do you think about the hand of chaos? statement. She's not on the screen. Trauma TV. doesn't
3: make a tough a kid tough. If you want strong kids, be a strong parent and lead by example. That's true.
1: That's a lot more truer saying than what they just said.
3: It's a lot more true, lot lot more true than what they said. The that kind of
1: answer like reminds you of a psychiatrist or some shit. Yeah, right. And I think they're a part of the problem. Why? these so-called experts telling us how to take care of kids. And that's the reason why we're having all these damn problems. Because our generation listened to the dumb fucks. We got to give our kids a soft cushion. No, man, my parents will let me fucking land on a fucking concrete pad. (laughs) And help me get up, get up, walk it. Remember to walk it off. I got a broken leg, walk it off. You'll be fine.
3: Oh my god, get up, walk it off It's fine
1: And if you do that to kids nowadays It's like they scream for an hour It's like, dude, what a bitch
3: (laughs) I scraped my knee Okay, you're fine
1: And you gotta be honest here A lot of these kids are bitches
3: (laughs) They're pathetic
1: You know, I see them walking by Through the high school and stuff like that And it's like, dude, what the hell Holly would have been a kicked out of school the first day for beating him up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, and Dwayne, he's got a proof, too. There's a pill for everything.
1: Yeah, Well, yeah. Uh-huh. Nowadays, there's pills for everything, and it's kind of sad.
3: Morbick said, it sounds like this was what going on in his house. Dad, I'm sick. Drink water.
1: <laughs> oh, you're
3: damn right, man. <laughs> you don't feel good? Drink some water.
1: We really couldn't get away with <laughs> shit when we were kids. Oh. You know, basically, if you want to miss school when you were younger, you had to be being carried out on a gurney. (laughs) At least I know I did. You know, maybe that's why I didn't do so good in high school, man. I didn't use those days that I missed in grade school.
3: Uh, I never missed a day of school in high school.
1: Me? I was there
3: every day.
1: Oh, not me. Every day. No, I had too many things going on in my life. I couldn't waste time with that stuff. Yeah. And do you know what? Looking back, I didn't learn a goddamn thing in high school that would be helpful for me now. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
3: me neither. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, you know, you did well with history.
1: Well, history of something I learned on my own. It wasn't that damn well wasn't through school. I
3: mean, it's like you sit back. You sit there. I mean, okay. You guys are listening to us now. Sit there and think. When you were in high school, is anything you learned those four years helping you today? (laughs) Math. The only thing that
1: helped me in school was getting broads. That was it.
3: No, you'd have to actually go to school, though, for that.
1: No, but there was a good pool of freaking uh, cattle to look at.
3: Oh, now women are cattle? Basically. Wow. you got
1: to milk them suckers.
3: You're crazy.
1: But did I learn anything from English? No, because my English sucks. It's Hollywoodism. It is. It's Hollywoodism. So I really didn't do good in English. As fu- most of the classes that I, the only ones I liked was automotive printing because back then you had the big old printing presses and shit like that. And then fucking off. That's all I enjoyed and nothing helped me since. It's pretty bad, ain't it?
3: That's sad. (laughs) That's sad. (laughs) It is
1: sad. What's another one? But I do think we, we cuddle them too much. And that's why they're a bunch of broke ass fucking jackasses. Because they don't know how to make money, mm.
3: uh, allow their children to commit mistakes and lots of them. Instead of making sure your child doesn't, uh, won't commit mistakes, you encourage them to make mistakes.
1: Hell, when I made a mistake, I got that shit kicked out of me.
3: You basically, when kids make mistakes, they learn from their mistakes and they learn how to accept failure.
1: That's bullshit. What? That's bullshit. What do you mean it's bullshit? When they make a mistake, you got to correct them.
3: Well, yeah, when they make a mistake, you got to correct it. But that at the same time, they're learning how to accept that they failed at something. Yeah. So when they become adults.
1: And then uh, they, our they generation gave
3: something them, they they learn from that. Yeah. And
1: our generation gave them uh, participation uh, trophies.
3: <laughs> that's where time ha- times have changed because we didn't get those when I was growing up no we didn't did you get those when you played baseball growing up Parti- oh, did they fuck give out no. participation trophies
1: no you got first place second place they didn't even give you a third place oh yeah
3: we had first second and third yeah
1: it was only first and second if you lost too fucking bad
3: I mean all you got when uh, all you got at the end of the day playing a sport was when I was growing up Here's a freaking orange and a bottle of the bottle of water. There you go. You're done.
1: Taking a quick identification break. Every
2: once in a while, we just have to say it. Focus. That's what I was thinking. Focus. Whatever. People do vote the radio People for radio stations. stations.
1: If you want modern
0: rock. rockbird
1: Don't forget, coming up, man, you got Modern Rock gonna happen at uh I think it's 9 to 12, uh, you know, noon today. So good stuff coming up on that. But uh, yeah, we're going to go back to our subject. We're here with China Doll talking about the 12 habits of parents who raise resilient kids. And the top three right now already suck.
3: <laughs>
1: Make no sense to me at all. None whatsoever.
3: Yeah. Well.
1: And you agree with it.
3: I'm not agreeing with it. I'm agreeing with points. No, what
1: I'm talking about. It. You agree with me that this is bullshit.
3: Yeah. That's why I think it's a good one because we can argue it. <laughs> well, we
1: haven't been arguing because you agree with me.
3: Uh, no, but there's points that that makes sense. Like what? Like what I was just saying that, uh, you know, yeah, you got to like my let your kids make mistakes. Try, you know, because no one's perfect. Paul, you know, and it's like,
1: Mr. Einstein, shut up.
3: Uh, (laughs) The kids have to make mistakes. And I think if they learn, learn from their mistakes and you can teach your child how to learn from their mistakes.
1: The problem is, instead of letting them learn their mistakes, the parents take the mistake on themselves and they learn shit anyway.
3: Yeah, then well. That's where the parents fuck up.
1: Exacto Mundo.
3: You got to let your kids learn to see what failure is like before they become adults because when they become adults and they fail, God only knows what's going to happen. They might go postal in a post office or something.
1: That's why you got to watch out for that U.S. mail, man. That's why you don't want to have a spouse that works in the U.S. mail. Them motherfuckers, they're going to go crazy on you, man.
3: Dude, you never want to piss off your postal worker.
1: No, man, you don't. Make sure you give them something, man. You know, thank you, some bullshit, because if not, man, they'll put a bomb in your freaking mailbox or some shit. They're about as bad as a freaking Latina woman. They are. They go postal on a drop of the dime. So don't do it, man. That's some advice from me. Don't do it. You don't want to bomb in your mailbox.
3: Well, and one of the things that parent, a lot of parents make mistakes of is uh, they always rush to their child's rescue mm. for the smallest thing. They could have stubbed their toe and they're like, the parents, oh, my God, are you Okay.
1: Ah, uh, you don't have to worry about your thoughts, Longbird. Everybody gets their thoughts on the show. Ah, uh, you know, if uh, <laughs> me, I offend everybody, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just saying, man. You what, know what? Because voice uh, your he, opinion. We don't
3: care. Yeah, he <laughs> put
1: no, no. Trauma only brings heartache, and it turns you into a hateful person. I am really sorry for offending anyone. Uh, don't,
3: don't apologize for your comments. Roll with them.
1: Uh, yeah, you, you're, you're with the Madhouse crew, dude. You know, my my whole freaking existence is to offend you. <laughs> That's my whole existence. But I'm glad you see some points into this. Yeah. Now, what do you think about what you said about heartache? I believe heartache makes you a stronger person.
3: I think I think some kinds of heartache and and i sad to say, but some kinds of specific traumas can make you stronger as a person and not so weak minded. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of the problems of today's kids are: is they're weak minded.
1: Yeah, we don't let them uh, get strong. We always think we got to throw ourselves in there and protect their ass.
3: Well, that's just like all these kids walking around with debit cards, you know, like their parents give them their own debit card and it's like, why Mm -hmm. make them work for it? Are they doing chores at home in order to get this money that you're giving them to spend every time they go somewhere? Are they working for it?
1: Hell no, they don't work.
3: I was growing up. I couldn't go. I couldn't get my allowance for the weekend. To go roller skating, unless I vacuum the house, uh, took all the inside garbage outside, cleaned my room. I mean, we had stuff we had to do around the house in order to get our allowance for the weekend.
1: What's another one?
3: Uh, they let their children figure things out on their own. Even if they, if their children feel safe and supported, they don't don't overdo it.
1: Well, that's the problem nowadays. Uh, everybody overdoes it. Because they're afraid of hurting their damn feelings.
2: This episode is brought to you by Shopify, whether
0: you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the
1: we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there
0: to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify dot com slash special offer. All lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer
2: And if you if you don't like it, get the fuck over it.
1: I think it makes them stronger. They don't want to talk to me, but <laughs> I mean
3: if your kids have some sort of like problem that they're trying to figure out. I mean, maybe you need to yeah, you could be a good listener, but
1: put your listening ears on.
3: You could put your listening ears on, but at the same time you got to let your kids work through their own problems and not step in the middle of it. That's just like, you know, two young girls in high school like are arguing and they all of a sudden they were best friends, now they hate each other. Well, the moms don't need to step in and take control over the situation. Let your girls figure it out. Maybe they shouldn't have been friends from the beginning. Who knows? Well, that's
1: just like bullies, man. You know, Generation X has uh, screwed that pooch up on there. You know, with the bullies, we, you know, a lot of parents taught their kids go to a principal where we were taught, you better whoop their ass or I'm going to whoop your ass when I get home. That's exactly the way it was with me.
3: Well, yeah, now the thing is, is, go tell somebody.
1: What does that teach these kids, then? To be little marks?
3: <laughs> to be little rats. <laughs> that's little what it teaches them. Little snitches.
1: And that's not the way the real world is. No.
3: I mean, you know, I'm... when our kid was getting bullied back in, like, third, fourth grade or whatever the hell it then was. Then what did
1: I say? Go knock the motherfucker knock,
3: out. Knock him the fuck out. And he he ended up doing it, but... And then you high fived him. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it is what it is. I always taught, we always taught them to defend themselves. Mm, Well, Dad did. I always said, defend yourselves, always stand up for yourself. Somebody comes at you, you better swing back. Mm. Somebody hits you, you better hit them back.
1: See, I always believed in a hit first principle.
3: Nah, I was always like, let them hit you first, because then if anything comes down out of it, it's their fault, not yours. (laughs) See,
1: that was the wrong way of thinking in my point. No. Why am I gonna get hit when I can hit that motherfucker first?
3: Well, hey, it doesn't mean they have to connect. They can swing and miss, and then you got a good reason to hit back. (laughs) It doesn't mean it has to connect.
1: That's a fucked up way of thinking in
3: my eyes. (laughs) Whatever.
1: Fucked up thinking big time.
3: Whatever.
1: What else we got?
3: Um, They ask, what is the lesson here? Whenever their child is in trouble, they don't scold them or panic with them. They won't even let them. They won't even give them like a long lecture either. Mm hmm. So instead, they use the opportunity to perform a good exercise on resilience. They train their children how to turn adversary into uh, adversity adversary into a blessing. You're
1: sitting here doing a Hollywoodism.
3: I know. What the hell?
1: What's going on with you? I'm rubbing on So off.
3: when, like let's say their child loses their school ID. They won't react too harshly like they just lost a million bucks. Dude, if I could lost his ID, I'd be like, motherfucker, I got to pay 10 bucks for you to get another one. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? You better go find it.
1: <laughs> See, that same situation would be, you know, I have to pay for another ID while I'm getting the shit slapped out of me.
3: You know, it's like, what the hell? No. I'm not going to sit here and like be like, oh... Because how are they gonna learn from that then? If you just like you don't lecture them when they fuck up, you gotta lecture your kids when they fuck up.
1: Well, yeah, and then let them get pissed at you. But See, you were always worried about them being mad at you. I know. You're I know. one of the generation X parents that were the problems.
3: Oh yeah, I'm a problem.
1: You uh, are I you admit s- you. I not- already
3: said I'm the problem child, so it's fine. It's fine.
1: You coddled them too much. Coddled. Whatever.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna correct your English.
1: Yes or no, did you?
3: Oh, hell yeah, I did. They're my babies.
1: And now what? You got a bunch of crying little whiny assholes. Not my son. Well, not him.
3: (laughs) My daughter. He's
1: more like me.
3: (laughs) My daughter. She a little bitch.
1: (laughs) Here she is, a psychiatrist or whatever. Psychologist. Whatever. (laughs) And she cries more than I've ever. I was like, what the fuck happened here?
3: (laughs) She a little baby.
1: And it's because of you.
3: Yes, it is. It's my fault.
1: At least you're openly admitting it. Mm -hmm. You raised a pussy.
3: Um, And, and you know, it's making it hard for me, too, because I know I fucked up. And I sit there, she'll, like, message me, and I'll be like, dude, open your damn mouth. I know you have one. Speak your piece.
1: So you just (laughs) actually admitted it right here on air. Yeah,
3: I fucked up with her. (laughs) not with him but with her really education wise i didn't fuck up she did really good yeah it is kind of
1: funny my son's 20 years old and tells her to shut the fuck up (laughs) stop being a baby
3: he says it to her i'm like i asked him last night when i came home was your sister messaging you and he's like yeah i told her i had a headache so i didn't have to talk to her So how does it make you feel like I got a headache? I can't talk right now.
1: How does it make you feel about how you did?
3: Shut up. I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah,
1: I do. How does it make you feel?
3: I feel bad because it's like she only seems to have a backbone when she wants to.
1: And why? The, why she was growing instead up instead of
3: what, all the time?
1: What would Hollywood say to you?
3: But at the same time, when she lived at home, she was more boisterous than she is now. So it's like she was louder and and more. I don't know.
1: Only to you.
3: No. She was. She stood up for herself more when she lived at home than when she left home
1: because she had the security of her parents. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's not like I can go run to her beck and call now.
1: She had the security of knowing dad. She didn't want dad to go to a high school.
3: Never had to with her. I never even went to parent-teacher conferences.
1: But before we go on, I want to know.
3: What? How does it make me feel like a shitty fucking parent? Is that what you want to hear? Thank you. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> See, Longbeard, I offend everybody. <laughs> What's the next one?
3: Uh China hitting Hollywood in the throat. What? Oh, you mean the next thing? Yeah, and the next thing. Oh, um, they teach problem solving skills. We all want to be problem solvers, but you gotta have the skills to be one. Parents of resilient children, resilient children teach their kids problem solving so that, early, so they can you know, at any chance they get. Like whenever they're facing a difficult situation, you ask your child, so what are the possible solutions here? And encourage them to come up with their own solutions instead of you making the solutions for them.
1: That would be all fine and dandy, but I don't even think parents can do that. I don't even think they know how to handle think, their own problems.
3: I, I think a lot of a lot of people they want somebody else to solve their problems for them so they don't have to do it themselves. So then if the solution is incorrect, they can blame someone else instead of take responsibility for themselves.
1: As far as you're talking about the parents. Yeah. I agree with you, you that one. You can 100%. sit there and blame
3: your parents because the solution they came up with for your problem wasn't right. <laughs> so it's your parents' fault.
1: I believe that 1,000% right there.
3: But mom, you said... Uh, you said god it didn't work
1: (laughs) she knows this one doesn't it I
3: hate you Uh, (laughs) fucking up my life (laughs) come on how many parents have not heard that from one of their kids at least once
1: and how many parents have said that to their parents
3: (laughs) (laughs) I've said it god I hate you you're fucking up my life god get out of my life stop stop trying to control me mom
1: You know what? You just heard the way she said that, right? It was good, right? That's the way she talks every day when she gets mad.
3: Oh, God. Is it? it? Yeah. No, it's not. Admit it. I'm not going to admit to nothing.
1: When you get in your five-year-old mode, that's how you
3: sound. (laughs) Oh, my God, Hollywood. No, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. God, mind your business. (laughs) Get out of my room. (laughs)
0: See that's what I have
1: to deal with She sounded just like that didn't she
3: Stop farting in my room Get out
1: Look at how red she's turning <laughs> Because she's seen the, the fault of her ways
3: uh, Just wait
1: Dot says parents avoid responsibility Worse than politicians
3: Well and it's like and if you, uh, Okay and, and I'm going to have something I got something for that I think, wait, it sounds better in my head. I don't know if it's going to sound. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to sound coming she up. She
1: don't know how to get it from her brain to her
3: mouth. No, Sorry. Not, al- not always. But uh, never mind. I forgot where the fuck I was going with that. Well, what were you going to say? I don't know. What was the statement again?
1: Parents avoid responsibility more than politicians do.
3: Yeah, I avoid responsibility. Like, I am not taking responsibility for my daughter's actions because she's stupid. <laughs> Even and though I'm not it was gonna, you, and I already admitted that it was probably my fault that she <laughs> did. Oh, did you fall down? Come here, let Mommy help you.
1: Uh, more big. Mike's going to beat his kids with his leg then when CPS shows up. Hold on a second. Is uh he will hide it and be like I couldn't have done that. I only have one leg. <laughs> I
3: don't know what you're talking about. I can't even chase the fucker. <laughs> Get over here!
1: Oh boy, but I'm glad you guys got the, you know, here China Doll's five year old uh, baby's voice.
3: I know I got a lot. So what? Go to another one. (laughs) They don't shame them for giving up or asking for help. Well, you should never shame a child for asking for help. Fuck you! You don't shame them and tell them that they're bad because they need help with something. Oh my
1: God! Really?
3: What if it's just help with their homework?
1: Okay, that's one extreme. I'm talking about a get your ass up, get a fucking job, you lazy piece of shit. That really? That's That's bad.
3: (coughs) That's not. Now what I'm talking about? I'm dying. Why
1: she dies? I'm gonna play a station identification. As defined in the American Heritage Dictionary, 2nd College Edition, the noun rock is defined as a relatively
2: hard, naturally occurring material of mineral origin. A naturally formed mineral... (laughs) That's not rock. Play with the devil, die with the devil. Now, back to good, wholesome, politically correct entertainment.
3: I'm not talking about when kids are adults. I'm talking about when your kids are young.
1: Oh, okay. You don't,
3: like, when they make a mistake, you don't be like, well, what the hell did you do that for? No, you don't yell at them because they made a mistake. You correct them.
1: Don't you agree with the sweeper that we have good, wholesome, politically correct fun on this show?
3: Says who? (laughs) (laughs) Says your sweeper, but that's just wrong. (laughs) Because we're so politically correct. No.
1: Yeah, right?
3: And it's wholesome. Yeah, that's why we talk about blowjobs most of the time. Well, since
1: you're talking about blowjobs.
3: You know what
2: my favorite fantasy is? I love two hard cocks. I like to have one fucking me, and I like to suck one off while the other one's fucking me. And today, I'm having two of my very favorite friends come over, and they're going to be eating my pussy, and I'm going to be sucking them off. Mm, I can hardly wait. They should be here any minute. Suck it. Suck it deep. Suck it. Suck it deep. You shouldn't oh have brought that God, up. that's an old one. That's
1: an old one, right? <laughs>
3: that's an old one. I haven't heard that one in like a year.
1: Yeah, you know, we do a radio show and I forgot to put my sweepers in most of the time. So I forgot, hey, this is going on Spotify, you dumbass. Uh.
2: Yeah,
3: uh, <laughs> more Rick's laugh, but Marianne says y'all are crazy. Uh,
1: yeah, I've been uh, uh, accused bit, of that a little
3: bit. I'm on paper is crazy. So
1: anyway, that's twelve habits of parents who raise resilient children. What is our news for today? What's fucked up today?
3: Uh, children. I figured since we we're Dog. talking about children, we're gonna have news stories about children, and wonder what the parents could have done so this wouldn't have happened. What oh, he, here we go. You ready? Here we go. And don't make me stop doing them because they're about kids, okay? Just sh- A one-year-old girl was accidentally shot and killed. Okay, stop. No, but no, wait, no. Stop. Listen, listen. The one-year-old girl was... What my fucking no, mother ser- trying to tell me to listen? Seriously, listen. This is not stuff done by adults. One, a one-year-old girl was accidentally shot and killed Monday by her three-year-old sibling. Really? Yeah, in San Diego, uh, who had gained access to an unsecured handgun. The one-year-old suffered a head injury in the shooting and was transported to a local hospital where she was pronounced dead Monday at 830 in the morning. The sheriff's homicide investigators are working to gather more information to determine the circumstances upon the death. There are not, no uh, no outstanding suspects. There is no threat to the community because it was done by the three-year-old.
1: Okay, we're stopping right there. So Stupid-ass China down with this.
3: Okay, no. You know, as of July 15th, thus so far this year, At least 221 unintentional shootings by children in the U.S. resulting in 78 deaths and 151 injuries, according to Gun Violence. That's where the
1: parents should be charged for not putting their fucking guns up. In this
3: situation, the one-year-old was shot by the three-year-old because there was a handgun in the house that was not locked up. Why? What is wrong with you? Because you got idiot parents. Exactly. They
1: shouldn't own a gun then.
3: And why with a one-year-old and a three-year-old would you have a gun out in the open and not locked up out of sight? That's just
1: like me and my guns, you know, yeah, they're where you can get at them, but you got no bullets because I got them. Fuck that.
3: You gotta be smart. In that situation, the parents were at fault.
1: And they should be charged
3: because of the fact they have a weapon around two young children. Why is it not in a in a lockbox on the top shelf of a closet where the one year old and the three year old have no access?
1: You're damn right.
3: And this is the point I'm trying to make.
1: Yeah, but you didn't have to give me to kill into the kids. shit. See, and, uh, nobody gets it, man. I really cannot take hearing about kids getting hurt. I can't take it.
3: Well, I told you last night that this morning, since we were talking about kids, I had three news stories about kids hurting other kids.
1: Yeah, well, that's the last one you're talking about right there. No. But I do believe that is a good discussion issue. No, we're not going to do two anymore. (laughs) Uh, That is a good discussion. Do you think they should be charged?
3: A hundred percent, yes. I think the parents need to be charged in that. I think
1: they should be charged for, uh, you know. Homicide or freaking uh, party to huh? homicide
3: and endangerment of a child.
1: All kinds of shit. That is just ass nine.
3: Yeah. But that that this is. I mean, this is stupidity of parents.
1: And what's even worse is that, a lot of these people had the rounds chambered
3: mm-hmm.
1: where if you would have gave uh, uh, just say a kid got that gun, they wouldn't know how to chamber that fucking gun. No, at three years. I mean, that
3: gun was ready? To it go. was
1: rocking and rolling to go.
3: Yeah. And now because of the parents negligence, that three year old. Has to live with the trauma of killing a one year old.
1: See, that's where I'm torn with. There's this new technology coming out for guns where you have, you know, your fingerprint allows you to fire that gun. But if you don't have the fingerprint, you can't fire it. But I'm torn between that.
3: Yeah, because what if there's other adults in the house and you can't get access? What am I supposed to do? Cut your hand off so I can use. That's where I'm torn. I can use your weapon if somebody breaks in.
1: That's where I'm torn.
3: Not like I don't have my own, but what the hell? That's Be responsible
1: weird. with your guns, and when they are old enough, teach them about gun safety. I agree, one thousand percent.
3: Yeah, I agree.
1: My freaking son knows more about gun safety than this blonde over here.
3: He does. He really does. He's very smart when it comes to handling weapons. Our son can probably dismantle. Actually, I I've witnessed he him. D- he dismantles he can,
1: my shotgun all he the can time.
3: Dismantle weapons and put them together, and I have no clue how to do that. <laughs> He can.
1: Why? Well, I know he can.
3: But I have no clue how to dismantle a weapon and put one back together.
1: Actually, it's me and him that has the ammunition. You don't. That should be saying something.
3: No, I do. I have mine for my gun.
1: Well, your clip, but it's not inside the gun.
3: No, it's not. I keep it outside the gun and there's nothing in the gun.
1: But uh, for this to happen, the parents should be fucking charged.
2: Mm-hmm. Good topic
1: for tomorrow, man. Good topic uh, safety features and all that kind of stuff. We got to talk about that because I am fucking torn. You know, that's just like, I'm torn between, you know, the background checks and all that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. But, uh, we're going to go to the members only in about, uh, let's see here about 10 minutes. If you're not a member, make sure you join over on YouTube or Spotify. Uh, tomorrow we're going to talk about that shit, man. Go. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be right back after this join the insane throttle members only club on youtube or spotify and receive exclusive content your membership in the throttle club
0: helps keep the show going is an in-depth look at the trials and tribulations of street gang and motorcycle club life this isn't the run-of-the-mill book that doesn't give the goods this book will go into detail of events that actually happen All materials in this book have been approved by those involved. There is nothing poetic, nor is there any price worth paying for the life we choose to live on the streets. James Hollywood Machikari, Brotherhood and Betrayal I say goodbye, Ramus, adios, ciao, so long, get your hat jacked. Yeah. The number one the internet biker radio show is now available on Spotify and all major platforms including iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and more. Don't forget to become a subscriber on any one of these platforms so you can be notified right away.